Welcome to the Wire to Wire podcast. As always, it's me, your host Yusuf. Now I have a real interesting episode for you guys today. In this episode, I'm joined by Maxwell Drutt. He is an e-commerce expert and entrepreneur, and he is also the founder of Livecom. In this episode, we discuss entrepreneurship, the importance of e-commerce and how e-commerce can help businesses grow, and we also discuss his journey navigating the world of business. Now, this is definitely an exciting episode, so be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and leave a comment below on your thoughts. You can also share the video with your family or friends. Send it to everybody you know. Now, without further ado, let's just get right to it. Okay, Maxwell, welcome to the Wire to Wire podcast. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure. Yeah, it's uh, great to have you on. Um, so let's kind of go back to your origin story, let's say. Um, so tell the audience a little bit about yourself and then how did you get started into what you currently do now? Um, yes, yeah, so goes goes a bit back, I guess, to, uh, to, to high school times, you know, and my first sort of foray with, uh, with this whole thing was uh, – drop shipping funny enough but drop shipping wasn't really a word you know this is like you know 2012 or something like that a little bit earlier even and i knowingly um you know sort of stumbled upon shopify i was like wow this is a really sick platform you know and um started essentially doing these like usb business cards you can literally print you know i was thinking like oh this would be great for like ebook publishers and and music artists you know so they can like upload all of their you know content onto this usb drive and it's literally shaped like a credit card right so you can like hop onto this website right i got like a, a dev i forgot even where i got them to do this like widget for me so you can upload an image preview it see how it looks and then put in this like custom order you know i was doing like made to order essentially stuff and um you know, literally just like posting through like Reddit and just, you know, just not really knowing what I'm doing, but just doing stuff. Um, and yeah, ended up like it kind of turned into B2B and and this will make sense later. But I unknowingly started, you know, doing B2B sales with that. I ended up closing like Sylvan Learning Centers. And if any, nobody knows that, but that's like some of like Kumon, you know, Kumon Learning Centers, but they have like, you know, 500 locations. And I'm just like high school kid has no idea what he's doing. So they put in this giant order of these USB credit cards. <laughs> so I'm like sitting, you know, emailing. I remember the the factory person's name was Amy, I remember. And she had like the most broken ass English. And <laughs> it was just such a nightmare for filling the sword. I didn't have the upfront cash. It was like, you know, I had to get it, like finesse it almost to get a half on credit. You know, it was, it was a whole thing. And but I ended up like filling that. And um you know, college came around and me and my, me and my partner at the time kind of split our ways, but that was sort of the first time where, you know, I really made money online. I was like, wow, like this is super cool. You know, uh, that really anybody can also do it at the end of the day. Um, so at, at that point, definitely call like the, the entrepreneurial bug, I would say. And, uh, you know, obviously my parents are Russian. So they're like, you know, you gotta be a doctor or like a lawyer or something. So there I am sitting, you know, pre-med studying like biochem. <laughs> it's uh, it's not a great time. I would say, you know, biochem is a nightmare. Um, and uh, my college roommate at the time 
he was also like a little bit nuts and uh we were like you know we were literally asking each other for small little favors basically and um then like venmo just came around venmo just started and we would literally tip each other like five bucks to like go to the food hall and give me a slice of pizza like five bucks right and we would literally bounce each other like that on like certain little tasks you know and we were like you know what like this could be a potential like a business around it, you know, like kind of like a legitimized Craigslist almost where like you put in a task, right? Through an app and, um, you know, people essentially bid on this task, right? You put it out of bounty, like, hey, clean my room for like 20 bucks, you know? And, um, you know, we sort of started like running with that idea, uh, ended up um, literally spring up a landing page, uh, you know, and uh, getting like an MVP going basically. And, and doing, you know, everything that you'd think should be in a business, like drawing up a job business plan and doing all these things that are, you know, looking back at it were a little bit important to you as strategist in the beginning, but not, um, you don't need like a, a 50 page business plan uh, to just get started with something, you know, um, so wasted a lot of time like doing, you know, random stuff that didn't really uh, translate to like getting customers, get paying users and Anyway, we, we ended up like scaling up that business into like a food delivery app, right? Ended up like being listed a hundredth on the uh, app store for the category. So ran a food delivery app for, you know, th- like the three, four years, we raised a little bit of capital and um, ended up being like a really, really shitty business with really shitty unit economics. And um, that was my little foray with, um, you know, food delivery. We ended up pivoting, getting acquired for again, B2B. And now I'm doing video commerce. So sort of high level, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so that's interesting. I mean, yeah, because I always find like, especially with business, it's very unpredictable, right? So you may just start like with one particular idea, but then it just naturally morphs itself into something else. Before you know it, you're in a completely different field than what you started in. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The original idea, the original landing page is going to be probably completely different than, you know, what you'll end up like a year or two later. And, and, and this is a kind of a fact with everything. Like if you go to like the Wayback machine, for example, and look at like Uber's first landing page or, or Snapchat's or really anybody, you know, Dropbox, et cetera. And all this is online, right? There's records. You can easily pull it up. It's crazy how like completely different it is now because it takes a constant iteration and really like listen to customers to, you know, build something out. So, yeah. So along your journey, what were some of the struggles and challenges that you faced, whether it's early on or even currently, but (laughs) like what were those struggles and obstacles? And then how did you manage to overcome them? Well, um, I would say, you know, the road is definitely lonely. That's that's, some, that's something that people don't realize that, you know, the like the overnight successes take years, I would say. And and I'm not by any means like anywhere close to there. You know, I'm, I'm still pretty early in my career, I would say. Um, but but it's it's such like a, a long and, and sometimes very, you know, miserable process to say the least, because like, you know, pre-product market fit, especially, you know, when. Uh, and again, it depends on like the business business that you're building at the end of the day. But if you have like a product that you're building, right, and and it's pre-product market fit, and you're constantly sitting and you're like and you're falling under the like the one more feature mentality, for example, right? It can be like extremely draining. Like you'd spend, let's say, a month or two iterating on something, right, pushing it out to the market, and 
crickets, right? No, nobody gives a shit. Um, so, and then you're constantly stuck in this, like, hey, like one more feature would do it, one more feature would do it. And the problem sort of stems even from the, from the get-go, from the start, on not pinpointing the problem that you're solving, you know? Um, so that's like a very key thing is to not be like a solution in search of a problem, but like the other way around, you know, you, you really pinpoint, and, and that's, it, it sounds like very, I guess, like intuitive, but a lot of people like don't really think about that as like first focus on the problem that you're solving. And then, you know, go talk to those people that actually have that problem, you know, get all that valuable insight and then go start building something, you know, like not the way around. And people are like, oh yeah, like I've, you know, this great idea, this great idea, like they're just ideas, you know, it's all about like really execution. Execution is, is, um, is, is, is hard <laughs> to, to do it right, you know? So that, that's like the biggest probably takeaways, you know, from the get-go. And then the second being is a like team, highly important, you know, like having a co-founder when you're going through the, the quote unquote trough of death of, you know, pre-product market fit, it, it, it definitely helps like having someone because it's such like an up and down game. You know, you can be like on top of the world and then the same exact day, like literally crying in a corner, like that could happen. Okay. <laughs> uh, so having a co-founder and, 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 and somebody that really like complements your skill set is, is extremely important. Um, and, and I know that's like one-on-one advice, I feel like, but it's, I feel like it's overlooked. Like you can't just build a business with anybody. Um, you know, people are at the end of the day, like different and, and you have to really gel with somebody to, to really build something special. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and I think to kind of add on to the point that you're making too, is what you said there is very important. It's the, like you said, the complement of the skill set. So definitely, <laughs> one person's more good with like, let's just say like the engineering side of things, but they're not good with the sales than working with someone that can help with the sales aspect, right? And mm -hmm. also too, I just think time, like if you are doing everything on your own, like eventually it's going to be like, there's so much to do that it's just not feasible to do everything. By yourself. <laughs> so you're either oh, yeah. going so to fall behind on things or the quality won't be as good because you're trying to do too much. Oh yeah. So you I just think, like spread yourself way too thin, honestly. Yeah. And, and you have to wear all the hats in the beginning, you know, so there's definitely, you know, I think, uh, you know, Paul Graham, or, or uh, I'm pretty sure says this, but it's like 20% of your input is usually 80% of your output, right? So like the 20% of the things that you're working on are actually producing like 80% of your results, right? And you have to like really figure out what those 20% are and start doubling down on those like 20% things, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And hey, Paul Graham, man. <laughs> Shout out to him. <laughs> what are some of like what are some other people that kind of I guess inspire you or motivate you when it comes to you know dealing with business and maintaining that mindset of consistency? Honestly, I think I think there's you know like three really three groups of people that that you should be kind of speaking to and the main being, you know, somebody that's already done what you're trying to do. Right. And, you know, when people think like mentor, they think it's like, Oh, it's like, this is a crazy guy. Like, no, it's, it's literally somebody that, that did something similar or, or along the path of what you're trying to achieve, because it's, it's just, you know, they've been there, they can give you the awesome advice, you know? Um, so like, you know, one of my partner, my co-founder, Kevin, Kevin Gould, he's, um, 
you know, he, he used to be in, in, in the talent management space, right. He used to like manage Jake Paul, for example. So, you know, like people like that. And, and then he, you know, co-founded two pretty big DTC brands called Glamnatic and INH, you know, both businesses are absolutely killing it uh, within the DTC like space in the community. So he's, he's really extremely like not a, he's built, you know, multiple businesses they're doing like 50 mil plus, for example. Right. So checks off one of the boxes, right done you know scale the business like profitably or you know i don't want to get into that that's that's his thing but um uh, b you know has all the relevant connections like within the e-com space right so he already knows the people he knows you know the marketing side really well understands how like businesses are thinking um so you know on my side for example the the current business that i'm working on is is a shopify video platform right it's a plug and play video stack for shopify brands and that's that's how it makes sense to be asking a person that's you know been within the space has multiple brands that we're selling into right we're selling into the same market so he's got the knowledge of you know hey like this is how they're making decisions you know this is what they're looking at uh etc cetera, etc cetera. so this is like one example of a person that's you know done something relevant within the same space um that's one way of, of obviously doing it your peers is another awesome group of people to be constantly be talking to right like other founders within the space because like when you're building something together that's extremely valuable in terms of feedback right like they're honestly going through the same stuff you're going through right you're trying to like build something trying to make it um and then you know the the third group would be like um you know people that are just starting out if you're like midway through the journey because you can also get that perspective of you know um this is how like you know, you can get a lot of different perspective, basically, of people like just starting out. So it's like three buckets of people. Yeah. Hey, those are some, uh, I, I agree with you on those points. I think you touched on some pretty important things, especially um, the getting the advice from people who have done it before. 100%. Yeah, because yeah. they can, they have that experience, right? But um, I'm glad you mentioned your business. Um, so actually, I want to switch gears a little bit and I want to get more into that and the work that you do. So what is LiveCom uh, and how does it work? And, you know, how would businesses benefit from using it? Totally. Um, so to put it short, you know, Live uh, is a plug and play video stack uh, for Shopify brands, right? So essentially what we did is we made video extremely easy for brands. Um, like when it, when it just started out, um, right? obviously pandemic happens. So we're a pandemic brand and uh, I was PMing at the time at a uh, DTC brand. Right. So we had five retail locations, you know, doing pretty well. And there's always a huge disconnect between like retail and e-com, right? Like conversions at retail, like 20%, right. E-com one and a half percent at best 2%, like you're absolutely killing it basically. Um, so, you know, I was constantly obsessing like, Hey, like, why is this the case? And, you know, when pandemic hits, we closed down all the stores and we started like streaming on IG, you know, just doing like Instagram lives and it resonated extremely well, right? Like customers loved it. It was great. It was super engaging. Right. But there was a huge disconnect between brand, obviously, right? IG owns the user, um, all the data, right. There's no like simple way of checkout. Uh, there's just a bunch of different problems, right. And, um, you know, I tried finding a solution out there and like nothing existed essentially. Um, and, you know, built up an MVP, um, started really iterating and again, like talking to customers and really understanding like, what the major pain points are. And 
I soon realized that, you know, a lot of the content that we're currently consuming is, you know, short form video based, uh, so shorts, right. And you have like all the socials basically pushing these heavily. Um, so I was like, you know, why isn't like e-com using short form video, like on their stores, like some days you'll see like a YouTube embed, right. And it'll be like super janky looking and it'll play an ad maybe even sometimes for you. And it's just like, not a good brand experience and like what value is the brand getting of, of they, they don't know how well it's performing on there you know that you don't really get much um so I, I really saw a gap in the market where like there there's nothing that's built that's a video platform from an e-com perspective right like video is so valuable it's so engaging why aren't, aren't like e-com stores using more video you know and um it you know it turned out to be true like we you know obviously listened to feedback started doing a lot of testing and um, and now it's essentially yeah, a full-fledged like plug-and-play video stack uh, that essentially creates like a social app experience directly on your store. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's actually very interesting because as you were speaking, like in my head, I'm trying to think, is there companies that do that? And I couldn't really come up with it. There is not. <laughs> yeah, so I, think- I mean, we have a competitor too, for sure. You know, we're not the smartest in the bunch, like, but, um, but yeah, uh, there's, you know, like everything that's out there is not from an e-com standpoint, you know, it's all built for consumption, right? Um, same with the TikTok IG, we go there to consume content, not to really buy things. Mm-hmm. And in general, you know, e-com itself is extremely transactional, right? If you really think about it, like Amazon just absolutely kind of screwed it all up in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't blame them, but it's, it's extremely transactional, right? You don't really go shopping online, right? Uh, sure, you have like those impulses or maybe, you, you know, you, you, you have a brand that you, you really love, whatever, but most of the time it's extremely transactional. So we're really trying to change that, you know, and, and bring shopping to e-commerce as if like you're literally walking to a store and, you know, instead of a person greeting, it's all video based, obviously. But we do actually have a feature where you can FaceTime with a product expert directly on site and actually go through this FaceTime experience and, and shop directly with them. Um, so, so yeah, I think video is going to be huge in the next like five, 10 years. Yeah, I can. I mean, that's pretty cool if you can like actually, because a lot of times like people like to go to stores just to have that interaction with someone so they can learn certain things, right? Exactly. If something that can be offered like virtually, then yeah, that, that, can. Really, that changes the game, right? <laughs> it can now for sure. Yeah. Check out Livecom. <laughs> um, and then one thing that you said in your answer, actually, that I kind of want to um, I kind of want to discuss is that you said um, when you're using social media, you don't really own any of the data or anything like it's their information is their data, right? Oh, yeah. So I actually had a chance to check out your website. And one of the, I guess, if I'm correct, you can, if I'm not correct, you can correct me on this. But one of your core principles is that you discuss the importance of like owning your social media channel and hosting Mm -hmm. it on your website. So I was just wondering if you could elaborate more on the idea or the thinking behind that. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, A, like community building, like true community building, right? Like, and, and a lot of like, even brands are starting to do this. They have their own like Slack group. So they have their own Discord, right? So we're already seeing this like of, of community building that's like off platform because like, you know, you, you can... You, you can be like a brand and be like, Hey, like we have, you know, 500k followers on IG, we have a great community, right? That doesn't, that doesn't mean like you have a good community. You just have a bunch of followers on IG, right? It's, it's a, it's a metric. Um, so I think there needs to be a way for a brand to create that community experience on site. Right. I think like, I don't want a brand to be, you know, I don't, 
frankly, I think, and every brand would, would say the same, I feel like, but you don't want to be like a slave to the algorithm essentially. Right. Like, you know, and, and we're already seeing this, like, you know, iOS flipped the switch, you know, on, on 14 and bam, like we can't retarget ads anymore. And it's just like a nightmare in terms of acquisition and, and pumping these ads, right? Like you're literally a slave to the algorithm essentially, right? Whenever they make that change, who knows what's good, what, what it's going to be like in five years from now. Right. So essentially with live, like the, the long-term vision of it really is to like democratize the social platform, like algo, right. And, and give a brand its own algo, right. On its own site. So that they're, you know, you can really personalize the experience with video based on, you know, people coming back and you already know their behavior essentially, right? That, that's like the, the long tail of it uh, is, to, is to really have, you know, to really enable the brand to like be able to truly like personalize that experience and like own all of that, you know? So, so like from, you know, email, phone number, et cetera you can build out this list, build out this following, right? Even have like a follower account maybe on your site, right? And those like true followers that really, you know, love your brand and, and want to engage and, and you want to build out the community, you can just do it on site versus taking them somewhere else, like a Facebook group or something like that, right? So that's 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 kind of the uh, the idea there. Yeah, because that's a good point you said, because um, like how much times do you see like on Instagram, or someone will say, well, my main page got deleted. We'll follow my backup, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's like you're you're so they can do whatever they want, you know. And, and we like there's con there, this is con happening constantly. We have some of our clients getting accounts like deleted and stuff. Like, I mean, it's a nightmare, you know. Um, so I th I think if you if you truly own all of that, it's uh it's just such a major win, you know, and it creates a better experience for the consumer too at the end of the day, like you know. Um, in terms of like seeing the right content at the right time, um, you know, when you want it, I think that's key. And, you know, IG and, and TikTok, et cetera, like they're just attention harvesting, right? They want you to stay within their sort of walled garden. They don't want you leaving anywhere. Mm -hmm. And um, we're trying to change that. Yeah. You know? So like from my interpretation, understanding, it's kind of like you're taking, having like your own mailing list, but it's completely much more personalized. It's like, a level further right because you're tying it into like the e-com there's the e-commerce aspect and mm -hmm. there's that direct to consumer that you don't get from having just a standard mailing list so it's kind of you know it's, it's a more personalized experience am i correct in my yeah yeah no that, that that's exactly right it's like you know if you're for example you know with, with our stack you can host live stream shopping events like directly on the site you know so you can literally post a live, right? A bunch of people hop in, you're directly on their website, et cetera. And, and post that, we actually have this like channel page basically where all of their past lives automatically populate as they're doing them. And you can RSVP for the upcoming ones, right? So, so yeah, exactly. So once you RSVP, we actually take that data and we segment it out within like a, a, a CRM, like a Clavio, for example, right? A lot of a lot of e-com brands use Clavio for email marketing and, and segmentation. So we create that specific customer segment. So each time the brand does go live, right, that user is getting that, you know, awesome content of like having a live social experience directly on site, you know? So it's awesome for like product drops. They have like guests, you know, it's like really fun and engaging, um, but it has a shopping element to it. So you can, you know, check out directly right then and there, like without leaving the live stream, right? Um, and it's, uh, it's just like an overall good time. You know, you can ask questions, get them answered right then and there. Like, you know, we, we had like a drop, 
uh, a brand do a drop the other day and people were asking like, hey, like, what's the return policy on this, right? And you're answering to like hundreds of people at the same time on this live, you know? And if that one person had that question, probably 30 or 50 others had that same question, you know? And you're just like answering right then and there. I think that's like a magical experience, you know, for a consumer. Yeah, and on that note, I do also want to, uh, touch on something else that I saw like when I was uh, browsing through your website. So it says enable a 38% add to cart rate with live stream shopping and shoppable video for your Shopify store. Mm -hmm. So when a client or a business is working with Livecom, right? How, like, like, how are you like, how, like, what is in place for you guys to be able to uh, deliver that? What, what is in play? Like, yeah like yeah so how are you guys able to like i'm um, actually like a deliver on that well look those are averages for sure yeah. uh, right uh but uh but the data speaks for itself at the end of the day uh you know like um on on a, on 35% add to cart rate we've seen 25% conversion rates off a of stream you know forget about add to cart uh, right yeah. well, i'm talking straight conversion like 100 viewers 25 check out mm -hmm. um so those are like those are deflated metrics, I would say, uh, that are on the site. Uh, but in terms of, um, you know, actually delivering, you know, doing onboarding, we do have like a, like a pretty extended free trial, right? We let them test, we walk through the data, you know, we really, like, we have our playbooks, we know what works, we know what doesn't work, right? In terms of like content, and really how to position this, whether it be, you know, UGC style content, that's like, you know, shoppable video embedding, or actually hosting like a live, right, etc. Um, so we really say, yo, for success at the end of the day. And I think that's key, you know, like a product is not just like the actual stack. Like it's not the actual tech, right? The product starts literally from discovery when your customer actually first saw your brand, whether it be like the email, right? Or whether it be uh, an ad that they saw, right? That's all part of your product all the way up until like, you know, following through and making sure they're successful with what they're doing with the products, right? So like account managing and, and client success, right? Uh, support, et cetera. Um, so we really, you know, we really say, yo, for success at the end of the day, but, um, you know, it, it, it really is, you know, there, there's a lot of data also uh, that we're plugging in. So you're, you're actually able to track ROI, you know, you're able to see like how well these are performing, uh, et cetera. So, uh, from from a business case, you know, all the data is there to to make that case, and 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 most of the time we're seeing like a 10x ROI, anyways, because just the way we price things. So we just set them up for success. Uh, that's all it takes, you know. Yeah, and I think it's good because I think, especially within the past couple of years, a lot of businesses seen the importance of you know making that shift to online, but many of them, mm -hmm. it's still a relatively new phenomenon for some businesses. Oh, this is so early. This is yeah. so early. Like e-com this, e-com that. It's only 20% of sales in the US. The rest is all retail, you know? Yeah. It's still very early. Uh, it, just in e-com in general, you know, I think it's it's extremely early. But five years from now, I think um, it'll be 50-50, if not more, because, you know, it's not just um, like the ease of shopping. You also have to keep in mind like, the logistical infrastructure of actually delivering the stuff, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and making it extremely efficient, Um so there needs to be a few industries um, that, that really amp it up uh, for this, for e-com to like absolutely blow up. So we're still a bit there, but yeah, it's extremely early. 
<laughs> yeah, but I think yeah. it's it's good that um, a business like yours is there and in place. So as more like brands and businesses are ready to adopt, you can at least kind of guide them and make it as seamless as possible while also giving them a pretty good return on their investment into it, right? Oh yeah, that's so, all it's about. The ROI, yeah. you know? <laughs> that is definitely all it's about. Yeah, so this segment of the podcast, um, I like to call this open floor. So basically it's like a play on term. It's like a play on words in sports where someone's on a fast break. They have the open. I see the reference. Go go back to your roots. Yeah. (laughs) So in this case here, so you have free uninterrupted time. If there's anything that you want to share, if there's any additional detail that you want to provide to the audience, is there anything that you would like to communicate? Just grind, honestly. (laughs) Just just gotta grind this out (laughs) that's literally what it takes so it's like being a cockroach and and just surviving like your main goal i think as just like an entrepreneur if you're running a startup is just to make sure you never die that's like the key of this whole thing is just to make sure you don't die uh you know 90 percent of like businesses fail within whatever the status i don't even know but a lot of them fail and the reason why is because the founder stopped working on it you know that's that's why i failed um so just don't stop you know whatever you're doing like you know just keep running through bricks life will just keep hitting you but that's the whole fun of it, you know, <laughs> enjoying that process. Um, and uh, you come out stronger at the end of the day. So just keep on grinding. <laughs> yeah, I agree with 110% with that. Like it's, it's only it, your, it, your output will be your input, right? Oh, yeah. So as much as you put into it, that's what you're going to get out of it, right? And um, earlier, actually, you did say something that it takes, a, like, it takes years to actually get to where you want to get to. So it's just, yeah. like you said, yes, yeah, just showing up every day and just doing the work. And then gradually, you oh, know, yeah. that work will come oh, yeah. into something, right? So Exactly. Even if you don't want to actually have... I have a, a, a note like I'm on my wall. That's the only thing I have blank walls. I just have one thing hung up on my wall and literally says, do the shit you don't want to do, literally. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, a lot of the things, you know, some is there, there will be days where you're just like, oh, like I really don't want to do this, but those are the days that really make a difference, you know? So for sure. And even if it's just something like minor, as long as you're doing something, you know, yeah, like com- compound, compound interest, yeah. man. Exactly. I, I feel like people don't really understand like how com- compound it's hard to like visualize compounding, you know, but it's, it, it's, it has I mean, powers of magnitude, you know, just like compounding interest, just 1% better every day, like in the long run. Oh my God, yeah. you're a killer. <laughs> and I think part of that is like the reason why there's that um, lack of understanding and why like having conversations like this is important is because like, you know, if you look at the media, right, or you read like these articles, it, it makes it come off like the person just walked into that success. Yeah. And that did just happen. And they don't tell yep. you the actual details. Even because we're seeing the highlight reels, guys. It's the highlight reels, you know? That's all it is. I know it's crazy. Hey, Figma just got acquired today for $20 billion, you know, crazy. Adobe just picked them up and you would think like, oh, overnight, like, no, it took him years and years of grinding that out since like 2012 or something. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy because I heard of Figma, I think like a few years ago when I was doing like a course on like a user, like user experience. Uh-huh, UX, yeah. Yeah. So like yeah. Figma was one of the apps that we used and I was just hearing of it. There you go. 
but they've been around years prior to that years <laughs> since like, 2012 yeah, yeah 10 years it took them 10 years to do that but you know and and even that like i, I know people are you know we're, we're we're talking to the founder it's like why would you go into a market that's already fixed you know there's already so many designs tools right there's adobe uh, I mean, there's a reason why they got picked up by Adobe, but um, a lot of people were doing design like Sketch, right? There, there was available tools on there and Figma just, you know, they don't listen to anybody. They just did what they believed in in the mission, never stopped. And there you go. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it just, uh, that's, not, that's the nature of the business, right? You yeah. Just, you just show up. If, if there's anything to take away, just it's show so up. It's so easy. 80% of it is just showing up every day. Yeah, I totally I agree. It. And the other 20% is just go to LiveCom and, <laughs> yes. and add to cart, you know, check us out, book a demo. <laughs> so Maxwell, uh, where can people find you and how can they get connected to you? Yeah, I mean, uh, check us out at LiveCom.com, obviously. That's that's live with a Y, so L-Y-V-E-C-O-M.com. Um, shoot me a text, 201-655-0927, always available. Uh, and uh, yeah, LinkedIn, Twitter, all the socials, Max Live. You guys okay. will find me. And I'm also going to include all that stuff in the description of this episode so people will be able to check it out. But I really like the work you're doing and I wish you, you know, nothing but growth and success in your journey. I have a good feeling about LiveCom. So I appreciate it, man. I'm excited to see where it can go. Thank you, man. All about that execution, baby. That's, That's what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having yeah. me, guys. Yeah, of course, Maxwell. Yeah. Great having you on. All the best. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Wire to Wire podcast. Be sure to like the video on your way out and subscribe to the channel. You can also check out my books. The link will be in the description. Until next time.